Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know what's almost as good as video games? Listening to audiobooks. If you go to audibletrial.com slash aceofgeeks right now, you can get access to over 180,000 audiobooks and your first one is free. Just go to audibletrial.com slash aceofgeeks. We are wizards, we are crewmen, we are Jedi superhuman, warriors fighting on the side of good. We are DMs, we are players, we are hardened undead slayers. Elven archers roam the enchanted wood We all pretend to be something So why not pretend to be something interesting Nerd on, my friends, nerd on Keep it up and we can rule the world Whatever you love is So today on the show we've got a bunch of special guests because Jairus is out of town. Uh, so everybody say hi and introduce yourself. My name is Mike uh, and I am your usual podcast host. And my name is Rose and I am a contributing writer sometimes. <laughs> hi, I'm Kyle and I am Mike's arch nemesis and he fears me. I do not. <laughs> he fears me. It's a lie. He fears I do me. Not. Uh, my name's Flynn. I'm the founder of New York Jedi and New York Lightsaber. Or actually, uh, LightsaberAcademy.com is the is the new West Coast version of uh, what I'm doing now. So it's nice to meet everybody. And hi, uh, my name is Alan Block. I am the founder and head instructor of the Golden Gate Knights, a lightsaber club here in San Francisco, and also a member of Saber Guild and an occasional contributor to the Ace of Geeks. So you worked the Hasbro booth? What was that like? Wow. <laughs> um, that was uh, quite interesting. Uh, I mean, we didn't, we weren't a part of the madness that was the uh, opening night or the preview night. Oh, right, because preview night of Comic-Con there was that giant mob trying to get a stormtrooper toy. Right? Yeah, there were fights that oh, broke that was out. All week. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, that, yeah, that's the night when the fight broke out. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that? It's like it's like cabbage patch kids all over again. Especially cuz it's just like it was the preview night so it was mostly like vendors, like people who were actually working the show punching each other in the face for yeah. a stormtrooper. <laughs> I mean the irony is so, most likely this toy yeah. is going to be at a Walgreens in like 3 months. For like twenty Seriously? bucks. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what's been happening the last couple of years. I remember there was uh, two years ago at Comic Con there was a uh, this mad rush among Power Ranger fandom because they were releasing this special edition uh, 
uh, Green Ranger Morpher, and then like two months later, it was on shelves in Toys R Us, and everyone was like, "Shit, why did I pay three hundred dollars?" Right, that? <laughs> right. That was the one that someone asked me to go and stand in line for it, and I just looked at them like, well, I didn't look at them because it was it was text, but I was just <laughs> like, no, and they were like, "Please, I'll pay you like an extra hundred dollars," and I was like, "No, you that's couldn't not enough. Pay me a thousand dollars," and I went, "No." <laughs> thousand times. I, I, that, that's something that people who aren't at Comic Con. Uh, don't seem to understand that when mm-hmm. you're asking someone to wait in line for a toy, you're not asking oh them God. to wait in line for a toy for like an hour. You're mm-hmm. asking them to get in line at four in the morning, wait six hours to get a ticket, and then wait another li- in another six hour line to maybe get access to the toy you want. Yeah. All right, I, I have a story about that with the Star Wars panel. <laughs> oh yeah, go ahead. Oh my God, okay. So uh, here we were we're in the in the Hasbro booth working as lightsaber toy. Experts. Right? <laughs> so we're in our Jedi robes. I'm in my Kane and Jarrus outfit. We're we're really the, the crowd loved us. The management loved us. So after we were done with our show or our, our demonstration, which took about a half an hour, uh, we would go hang out in the Star Wars booth, which was right next door. So I'm there, like uh, on that. I think it's Saturday night, Sunday night, whenever the Star Wars panel was Sunday night. What uh, it was Saturday night, wasn't it? Yeah, Alan, it was Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday night. Saturday. So. I'm just standing around in the Star Wars booth. This guy walks up to me and he says, "Hey, you want to go to the Star Wars panel?" And I just looked at him like this incredulous look on my face, like, I, I, "Yeah, sure." And he hands me this little like walk-in little pass, and he's like, "I can't use this. I have to go and like I have to miss the panel." So here you go. You look like you could really enjoy this. I was like, "Oh my god, sure!" <laughs> I sat down next to these people in the middle of this panel, and they were like waiting online for like a day and a half, two days, sleeping <laughs> like outside, oh, and they were like, "Oh, how long did you wait?" And I was like, 15 minutes." Oh, they god. just looked at me with daggers. They were like, "Oh, oh my god, yeah." I would not. You? I would not tell them. I would have been like, "Oh, I got in line Thursday night." Oh, uh, and actually, it, it was a big high five all around because we were all just you know, just giddy that we were in the panel. Yeah, you know. And then they announced the concert, and that was like a mind blow. <laughs> There's stuff that happens oh, like that at Comic Con, and you're just like, you think you're lucky stars, but it's like there. I've had several things that have worked out really, really well for me recently, and I don't tell people because I don't want people to hate me because I. <laughs> it's oh, just they do hate, don't they? They do. They hate really hard. And, like, I'll just say something worked out really well in my favor with the hotels that shouldn't have. I was, like, 0.00% of, of people, like, and I was the group that people were like, well, this is how th- this is how these people game the system. No, it's just total dumb, blind luck and fear. <laughs> and it, it got me good results, but, like, that's all I'm going to say about it. Total blind luck and fear is a great... Total blind luck and fear is a great name for a Comic-Con cover. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think... Yeah, no, the, the, um, it looked like it was a fantastic time over at the Star Wars uh, fireworks thing. Those fireworks went on for ages. I was over uh, at the Dan Harmon um, sort of uh, crazy show that is the Rick and Morty, um, <laughs> oh I guess, season two premiere, and he was just drawing dicks. Uh, we can say dicks, right? <laughs> I, we, can, we can fucking say dicks. Okay. Well, he was drawing fucking dicks for a good uh, 30, 45 minutes and cursing at the Star Wars people for not shutting up because he's like this adolescent, you know, yelling child baby that is Star Wars. Why won't it just shut up? And like, meanwhile, he's trying to do this whole thing and he's he's very seriously drawing dicks. And yeah, uh, well, he's drawing dicks. Yeah. And the Dan fireworks Herbert just would not stop. the weirdest fucking guy. I 
<laughs> I'm like totally part of his cult now. I'm like a Dan Harmon cultist. I'm like, this dude is awesome. I will totally like, yes, put my cart onto this tra- crazy train. It's insane. He well, liked I, something of mine on Instagram. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> um, Jairus went to go see him on The Nerdist a couple years ago. Yeah, And he showed up to the show so fucking drunk. And all he did <laughs> the entire show was crack the same racist joke over and over and over. Like, just kept coming back around to it. Anytime there was an opportunity, he would go back to the same racist joke. And everyone was kind of like... Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's the Dan Harmon show. I mean, you you go, and sometimes it's a religious experience, you know, and sometimes it's just it's it's a lot just of racism. A drunken, I weird guy. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's I'd like to think it's it's like just if one of your friends, you know, could get drunk on stage and throw a podcast and run shows. Yeah. It, what no. you don't? No, no, I, I uh, you know. I mean, don't know what you're missing. Here. Not quite as often. I, I, I do without the drunk part. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I just randomly might, take over stages you, and throw podcasts. Yeah, you need to draw more penises during your live panels. Yeah. I think that's what you're missing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the big crowd draw. Sense. Yeah. All right. Next time we do a panel on bullying, I'll make sure to do a breakdown <laughs> in the middle to draw penises on everyone. Yeah. Well, he wasn't just drawing penises. He was also like like on the spot and I think Seth Green popped up too at one point but he and the other two voice actor creators were coming up with like an episode sort of on the spot it was it was weird and cool <laughs> um Hmm. It kind of sounds like you walked into the room and everyone had an acid trip together and no one can describe it. Was, it, it was in a field. It was outside in, in oh. the green and there was like it was like a tent city sort of thing and there was a giant projector and they were just drawing dicks and doing weird voices <laughs> for a while. It was probably my favorite thing um, of Comic-Con. I, it was just bizarre. But like, meanwhile, I was looking over at the Star Wars thing, bringing it back home, and oh, yeah, I was yeah. just like, that looks so cool. And I guess so, they all had lightsabers and the symphony and stuff. Yeah, they had oh, pretty six, free lightsabers. It right? was six over 6,500 lightsabers that were all donated by Hasbro, as we oh, found my out God. later. And it was literally a sea of like plastic flashlights like <laughs> it was ridiculous well the coolest thing about that that panel is that and people have talked about this over and over but harrison ford showed up well, well yes, okay that that's was cool, pretty cool too but like that they got 6500 people to go from hall h yep. and walked them over to where they had the symphony which and is for those of you who have never been to, to comic-con before it's not a short walk like it's i did it one year walk. for final fantasy and it for the final fantasy concert and my my wife and i looked on the map and we're like oh that's a short walk and then we started the walk and like 20 minutes later we're like where are we going <laughs> yeah no. And just yeah, it, it was incredible. It was all led by like a, tr- a huge galleon of stormtroopers. Also, it was led by the guy Kevin Doyle, who was the stormtrooper that walked down the coast of, uh, of California. Yeah, oh, to the con. You guys God. see that? Yeah, we, rand- we it- randomly met him in the middle of the Star Wars booth. Uh, myself, Alan, and the guy we were there with Noah Flater. Uh, we we were just like, oh. You're that guy, yeah. Kevin. Oh my God! You know we got great pictures with him. It was like he he said to us, "Hey, it's an honor to take a picture with you." And we were like, "Oh my God, dude! It's an honor to meet you." It like it's semi randomly, yeah. but it was really a cool moment. He led the entire procession of that uh, of that concert out to the pavilion. It was so cool. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm 
So glad. Although the funniest part about that, and I'm sure you guys heard about this, was um, we mentioned it in last week's podcast too, but J.J. Uh, Abrams stood up 6,500 people or however many and walked <laughs> them out of Hall H and out of Kevin Smith's panel, which was up next. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. There's, there, there's pictures Kevin. of Kevin Smith on stage taking pictures of an audience of Hall H with three people in it. <laughs> oh my god. But like... The few Kevin Smith fans who were waiting in line and, like, just, you know, waiting to see if anyone left, how excited were they that they got front row? Yeah, Maybe? seriously. Yeah. I, hope, I hope there was still a line outside who was just excited for Kevin I Smith. I hope so. Yeah. He ended up with, like, 2,000 people. Okay. Well, that's not too I bad. Think, that's nothing to sneak I think at. what Kevin Smith said is that he didn't hate the fact that J.J. Abrams kind of, like, usurped his show. He just hated the fact that he had to stay and do his show and not actually go out. <laughs> And, be, and see the symphony happen. He actually yeah. didn't want to be there either. But then he's like, oh, shit, I have to. Because there's 2,000 people that I have to talk to right now about my stuff. Oh, that's funny. He's a tried and true Star Wars fan. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, you got to go on set the left right. I love how J.J. Abrams just invited every major nerd on set. Like, Simon Pegg, come play an alien. <laughs> Daniel Craig, you're a stormtrooper now. Kevin Smith, just come walk around and talk, tell people how excited you are. <laughs> yeah, they really opened the fandom up on this one. Uh, did you guys catch the video that they had released to the public? Like, they didn't do a trailer, but they did this whole behind-the-scenes kind of tearjerker thing. Yeah. I actually um, I met the guy who um, was the... Uh, uh, producer and like uh, the creative force behind that video. Uh, he's a no really kidding. cool guy. Yeah, he was, oh my he was God. the um, the the head of like behind the scenes stuff at Lucasfilm for like fifteen years. He only just left the company, but like his last thing was like, I'm going to go to uh, uh, Tunisia and do all the stuff for Force Awakens, and then I'll leave. <laughs> well, he did a fantastic job. Yeah, it, we were seeing that stuff, it wasn't just like, ooh, I'm titillated about the story. Now I'm seeing behind the scenes, and it's like, you know, you really realize when, when you're this much of a fan of anything, and you see the actors behind the stage, and we're backstage, and you get this behind-the-scenes look, you, like, you really realize how invested and how much of a part of the family you are. And even Mark Hamill said that numerous times during the panel. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, it, it was cool. It's a crazy celebration this year, too, because it was like... Uh, it just seeing all those people in one place because we were all pretty excited about the prequels, but I think for some reason people are even more excited about uh, the Force Awakens, um, and it's like it's this visceral thing. Every time I see that trailer in the movie theater, I end up tearing up. I'm like, I've seen this six times. I don't need to cry because X-wings are flying across the water anymore. My body's like, yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Chewie, we're home. Yeah. <laughs> That was that's a little bit more like Batman than Han Solo, but I'll yeah. take Joey, we're home. My parents are dead. So that sounds more like Rolf. Isn't it great to see Harrison Ford care again? I know. Like finally, <laughs> after after especially after Ender's Game, which has been on HBO a lot, like. Thank you, Harrison Ford, for not phoning in Star Wars. Have we? You could have. You could have phoned. You could have phoned that in, but you chose not to. Have we I heard anything it. more about this whole Blade Runner thing that I keep hoping will never happen? Uh, last oh, I the, the Blade Runner sequel? yeah. Last sequel. I heard, Ridley's... I want it to happen just because no. it ends an argument I had with a roommate. No, it and it I, ruins I, the I, ending. It ruins the ending of the whole movie. It, like if oh, see, see, me and you would have had the same argument. Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> we're talking. Which ending are we talking he was, about? He was not cut? a replicant. Oh, yeah, are you talking director's cut? Or are we talking? I think. Cut? Well, I was talking director's cut because I think yeah. that's... director's cut. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm pretty sure that nobody watches the regular cut anymore. I've actually never even seen no, it available. How can you watch? It's a, how can you watch? The Criterion <laughs> Collection, like director, come on, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I I need to see Blade Runner again. I saw it for the first time when I was, I think, freshman in high school, maybe in eighth grade, and I a lot of it sailed over my head. Um, and it's I, I get why it's so so well liked, but at the time I was kind of like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I, I was the test audience that they put in the voiceovers for, I think. <laughs> oh, when I, uh, so my re- most recent trip to San Francisco, I went and I saw it at the Castro Theater, and it was intense. And I think you really, to appreciate the cinematic, this is going to sound bullshitty, but like the cinematic um, scope of it, you have to see it in the big screen. And just, it is violent as all hell like i didn't remember it being as violent and as rapey as it is oh yeah (laughs) and i was just like super shocked when i saw it but it's like it doesn't play the same on a small screen yeah oh man but yeah i i'm surprised you hadn't said anything about it because they should be filming it right i don't know ridley scott Um, i'd rather see neuromancer that would be awesome. I think he's doing Prometheus 2 what? before Blade Runner. Why is he doing Prometheus 2? Because it's pretty. I mean, I'm one of the five <laughs> people in the world who liked Prometheus 1, and I still don't oh. think there should be a Prometheus 2. I would just watch Prometheus again if I could just see all of David's scenes and only David's scenes. That'd be <laughs> yes, great. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially since he's the only character who's not a complete idiot. So. Oh, I don't know about that. Did you hear about the green light that they got for Neuromancer? No. No. You, know, you, you guys know Neuromancer, right? I do know Neuromancer. This is like, this is like the fifth green light they've had for Neuromancer. Oh, I know. When, I, when, a, when they get a director and a script and an actor attached, that's what I've been waiting to excited say. for Neuromancer. Yeah. I am. Um, what I think is probably going to happen is uh, once Ready Player One does a billion dollars. Then they'll turn around and be like, um, let's make Snow Crash, because it's kind of similar. Oh, God, And wait. then that might lead to Neuromancer. Who did they get to direct Ready Player One? Did, has Spielberg. that been announced? No, God it's not. damn Spielberg. No. Yes, what? it is. He's yes, going to drop it, Steven just like Spielberg. he dropped Life of Pi, just like he's dropped. He's going to end up producing it, and someone else is going to get it. And I really hope it's not Michael Vaughn, because I do not like that guy. Matthew Vaughn? Or, or Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, sorry, not Michael Vaughn. I like Matthew Vaughn a lot, actually. But oh, we hate—that's right. You hated Kingsman. I forgot. Uh, yeah. I I hate. I just um. Well, he was. I mean, he was faithful to the source material. I don't think I appreciated how much of it. Uh, just kind of. Uh, how much the writer of like Kickass and Kingsman Malar, likes yeah. to shit on his audience. Um, and now that I'm aware of that, I guess I have a better understanding. But um. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah, I'm no. See, I, would, I, I loved Kingsman and I loved Stardust, and that's enough to make me like Matthew Vaughn. But I, I really Stardust is great. Stardust is a great fucking movie. But I, I can movie. see I didn't like Kickass at all, and I never saw Kickass too. So you uh, didn't like Kickass? I, I liked. I don't think Matthew Vaughn did Kickass too. I think he just did Kickass. Okay, no, well I then think he I did couldn't. The second one. I don't know. Let's find out on IMDb. And then um, he but, did um, X Men First Class, which actually I do appreciate. I like that. Do movie. like I that take, movie? I, I kind of dug it. Um, I I liked one scene in Kick Ass. I liked the scene where he's standing over the the guy who he's protecting from being beaten up and makes the big speech about like why he's doing it. I thought that was cool. But mm-hmm. yeah, other than that, I was not a big fan of the whole movie in general. Jeff, I think Jeff if there was Kick Ass too. 
He was the guy who okay. directed Pearl Harbor. Oh, right. interesting. Wait, I thought Michael Bay directed Pearl Harbor. Some, well, you did something with Pearl Harbor. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, whoops. <laughs> or you mean the movie was like Pearl Harbor? It just, yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and somewhere someone is listening and yelling at us right yeah. now. Yeah. Why don't you know this I stuff? I'm so bad at this game. Matthew Vaughn also did Layer Cake, which is basically the reason we have Daniel Craig as James Bond. So you know, And Daniel Craig's James Bond has only been good in the last oh, movie, so... Sorry. <laughs> what? No! Incorrect! Jeff, Jeff Wadlow <laughs> was starred in Pearl Harbor as next guy uh. in line number one. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Before he found his footing as a director. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. All right. Okay. 2001. <laughs> Uh, wow. Speaking of uh, Hollywood James story Bond right being, there. Speaking of James Bond being good again, did you guys see the Spectre trailer today? No. Yep. Oh my god, it looks really, really good. Ninety percent of which yeah. is they f- somebody finally wised up and cast Christoph Waltz as a Bond villain, which is the role that he was always born to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a stretch. No, I mean he's a fantastic actor and he should get whatever other roles he wants in his life, but he should be a Bond villain. <laughs> well, he's not just. He's not just a Bond villain. He's, he's the Blofield. Bond Blofield. Well, that yeah. hasn't been confirmed. Oh, That's being come on. bandied about in the same way that, you know, yeah. Khan like in, Into Darkness know. wasn't confirned. Yeah. But yeah, we didn't know Talia Al Ghul was going to be in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's Blofield. <laughs> I just hope he has the cat then. My favorite. Uh, I, bet the, I bet they get rid of the cat. My favorite scene in You Only Live Twice is. Uh, uh, when you see the ninjas break into the uh, um, the enemy base, Blowfield's cat freaks out and tries to jump out of his arms, and the actor is just trying desperately to hold on to this cat. It's just like, no, fuck you, let me go, there are ninjas! <laughs> <laughs> Sharks with laser beams on their freaking heads. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of spy movies coming out. There's, um... Oh god, what's the Oh, uh, Man, Man from Uncle, Uncle looks really good. Yeah, it looks that really looks funny. cool. Yeah, god, but I love fun. Guy Ritchie's style too. Like hey, he just he really gets making it movies different like exciting. Looks like he's telling it back a little bit though for this one. It doesn't look like it's all crazy. Have you Guy Ritchie? Notice though, like they, they don't put Guy Ritchie on there. They say from the director of and then they'll put like his other stuff but they don't say Guy Ritchie, which they, means they, they don't I think it's only to. Sherlock Holmes too. They, like they, yeah. they, they, they didn't the, used to do that a lot and it's only in the last like couple of years that they started really pushing director names and expecting people to know who they are. Yeah. Um, they so should that just say like the up. ex-husband of Madonna. <laughs> Madonna's house is in my neighborhood. It's a, it's a nice place that she used to live with him in. He, you should they, you should break in and take some stuff. They were no no that would be awful. No, I like my neighborhood. Isn't isn't she like dating like a twenty five year old guy named Jesus or something? He's a model. Good for her. Yeah. I, I straight right. Good for him. Right. <laughs> Good for everybody. Good for her. We're all happy. It's all. It's fine. It's good. It's yeah. good. Everything's fine. What about um, uh, the new uh, Tom Cruise Mission Impossible? Is the, is why is that movie getting shit on? It has why Simon is, Pegg in it. That's what? the only reason I would see it, though. Oh, I love Simon Pegg. That's the reason to see it. Right? Is, uh, is Brad Bird directing so this one again, or is this a? Is it a no, new? it's the guy who did. Um, uh, oh God, Jack Reacher. Oh well, that's all right. Jack Reacher was okay. <laughs> I Another to Tom Cruise film. Live with his location scout for that movie. Oh, it looks like he also. Hang on, let me confirm this. Nope, never mind. He, the guy who's directing it, also wrote Edge of Tomorrow, but did not direct it. 
a movie that would have been vastly more successful if it had a different name. Yes. Notice how they changed the name when they put it out on DVD. What did they call it? Yeah. And they called it Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, it was... It has a... That is an amazing really? movie, too. It is so underrated. I have saw guys, it the last possible day in theaters because someone's movie. like, you have to see this. But it is it is an outstanding movie. I really enjoyed if it. If you have not yeah, seen it, it you really have to. It's a shitty name. Edge of Tomorrow is the worst name. It's just such a generic name. Imagine. Even going with the original title, All You Need Is Kill, which everyone would be like, what the fuck is that? At least well, then they would say, what the fuck is that? And they'd see it. <laughs> like... Uh-huh. But it it's so good. It is. It's, it's a really so, good movie. I don't think I've loved Tom Cruise in anything in like anything he's put out Trapper maybe twenty Thunder. years. Yeah, oh, Trapper yeah, Trapper Thunder. Thunder. Oh, did you see Oblivion? Because yeah, he was pretty good in Oblivion Mm-mm. too. Oh, you mean uh, you mean the real version of Wally? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Oh my god, that was the real version. Right? Oh my god. Or, or, or oh, about... I'll never be able to unsee that now. Oh. <laughs> or how about the other one? Avatar was actually the real version of Fern Gully. That's not a new joke. <laughs> See that? Okay, uh, that that joke. Or dances with wolves. That joke uh-huh. is like um, uh, everybody saying that um, uh, what's his name from or Apocalypse looks like Ivan Ooze or. J.J. Uh, Abrams uses lots of fl- friend la- lens flares, Fre- or the uh, the Wii Fre- sounds kind of like the name you could use for a penis. Like it's one of those things where like fifteen hundred people came up with the same joke at the same time, oh, and all of exactly. a sudden my wall is full of it, and I'm like, I know he looks kind of like Ivan Ooze. Shut up. I got so, I got a new one then about Tom Cruise. Okay, okay, so I'll refuse to tell that joke ever again. So Edge of Tomorrow. The reason why I liked it so much is because you got to see Tom Cruise getting killed like a million times, violently. <laughs> violently. It's like, True. You know, after the fiftieth time I saw him getting his brain smashed in, I started to like him again. Oh, now I know which one you guys are talking about. Yeah, it's like no, a video a, game fan movie. That is it's, a fantastic. It's movie. amazing. It's just, yeah, yeah. It, it's a really well done movie. So, um, we talked a little bit about the Star Wars movies, which there's going to be like what one of those every year for the next seven or eight years or something like that. One of those every crazy. year for the rest of our yeah, lives. For the rest of our lives Star- until Nothing we all die. Nothing but Star Wars. And then <laughs> there's really the Marvel fun. movies, which we have how many more of those coming out? And then well, apparently they've got a schedule planned out to at least, what, what was it, 2035 or something like that? And then Disney has all these live actions, which people are just, you know, railing against. They just against. announced a live action remake of The Sword in the Stone. What is going on in that company? <laughs> they, see, what's going on in that company they like money. is somebody realized no, how much money they can make off of franchises. And then once, you know, they've, they... They saw something take off. They realized if they just do more of it but do it well. And Disney's managed to hit on the one thing that um, uh, other companies seem to be missing. Like, Universal was like, we're going to create a Marvel-style franchise for our Universal monsters, starting with Dracula Untold. But then they made a bad movie. Mm. The key that everyone's missing is that you have to make good movies. <laughs> Nonsense. Well, that's, that's, that's the key. Michael Bay proved That's the key not- with anything, really. They finally acknowledged that Stan Lee has been right this whole time. <laughs> it's true, man. He he's the brainchild behind the, almost all of Marvel and like Jack Kirby and all those artists from back in the day. They, this is a, these are really old franchises. Like, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, that was a okay. failed nineteen seventy. You might want to be a little a little careful there, though, saying that he because also he's well known to have stolen a lot of things from other very that's, talented creatives, and I that's think why that bears I said mentioning Jack Kirby. I know that's why I said Jack Kirby and the rest of the artists from yeah, back in the day. Which Absolutely. has done Absolutely. a lot of as well. 
So, I mean, they should yeah. be perfect mates for each other, really. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's less that Stan Lee was stealing ideas and more that Stan Lee would take credit for. He writes a story in which his script would read, The Fantastic Four fight somebody. Go for it, Jack. And then Jack yeah. would draw an entire comic right, and then Stan Lee right. would be like, I created the Silver Surfer. <laughs> He's good at self-promotion. That, we'll yeah. definitely say that. Yeah. That being but, said, still a legend. That being said. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I still I still look forward he, to his cameo in every single movie. Exactly, he's, he's actually gone on the record saying that some of his biggest regrets in life are the people that he's screwed over. So, well, he's old now. He's calmed down. Yeah. You know, he's like <laughs> his later years. He's repenting. It's, yeah, it's, well, you know, that does count though. Eh, yeah, I think it does. Okay, it still counts. Unless you keep screwing people over, then screw you. Yeah. I don't think he has. I don't think he has any real creative control over anything anymore. So I don't think he's in a position. He to... hasn't had creative control over anything in about a couple of decades. Remember when he it, yeah, uh, he jumped over to DC <laughs> to do the whole just imagine Stan Lee creating Superman comic and stuff mm. like that? No, I didn't even know that existed. Oh yeah, in the nineties he created uh, they DC Comics pulled in Stan Lee and a bunch of modern artists and they had ran a whole series and it was just imagine if Stan Lee had created. Superman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Batman, and one other one, and it was. I don't think Stanley could have made a good Batman. He I did not. Don't. He didn't. I, I imagine not. No. He wrote a very interesting story about a, uh, a former street criminal who turned to fighting crime, but it was not a good Batman story. And it was a Stan Lee story, so it was still like, you know, because he never managed to evolve as a writer, as so many don't, so it was still very <laughs> in the 60s style of, like, dramatic thought bubbles and, like, captions that say things <laughs> with exclamation points. Did, did Batman get bit by a radioactive bat? Oh, no, that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole Marvel catch, like, catch line, I think, was... I mean, wasn't it originally that these are characters who have lives outside of being, you know, a super whatever? Yeah. So, I mean, it would be like, okay, Catwoman is also like Selena Kyle. She has her, like, apartment and she has her grocery store run, which is funny because DC's done that. I mean, you look at the New 52, it's basically what they're doing. What they're doing um, now. When yes. they first started the New 52, it was, well, we're just going to go back to the 90s. Let's hire all the writers from the 90s, and we're going to give all the female characters bikinis, and that'll sell comics, right? That's how <laughs> this works? Talk about, wait, if we're going to talk about DC Comics, can we talk for a second about how they're letting that crazy fascist Frank Miller make another Batman comic? What? <laughs> yeah, Dark Knight, Rise, uh, Dark Knight Returns Part 3. No! No! Yes! yes. yes. Oh, why? Oh, I, that's right, his new cowl is a Jason Matson. <laughs> oh, part two oh, was no. so nonsensical. Oh god! And I uh, just beyond. Is, is, is Frank Miller just need more money part. or something like that? Is that what's happening? Uh, I that, don't know, man. Isn't that why Van Halen's on tour? Yeah. <laughs> Frank Miller's a lunatic. So yes. I imagine it. Yeah, he might need the money. Is he a this lunatic? A, he he wrote he, a comic book series called Holy Terror that was about a thinly disguised version of Batman going to the Middle East to kill terrorists. Okay. It was supposed to be Batman, and then DC was like, "No, you're insane." <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I, I mean, he's like, "All right, hey, I take the, I'll take the ears off. There you go. It's not Batman anymore. <laughs> it's simple." Yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, he, it, it's really funny too to watch. Um, 
the sequel to Sin City, the movie, because in the first Sin City movie, they were able to use the scripts from back when Frank Miller wasn't completely and utterly insane and actually could write a good comic book. And in the sequel, they had to use his later batshit scenes, and it was just like, wow, this movie sucks now. Yeah. Maybe he has, like, syphilis or something. Maybe he's, like, Al Capone, and he's just kind of... No, he's just a crazy right-wing... He's 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 a he's a fascist and he's just he's just that guy he's that guy that makes you uncomfortable to be around because he's saying stuff that would come out of the Third Reich. Right? You're like, oh, just, Grandpa, stop! Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's not a Grandpa yet. I mean, I mean, we've seen his syphilis test. No, we know. <laughs> <laughs> he he. Uh, right? If you ever get a chance, Megan, um, and I and I mean this in the like in the same way where I sometimes recommend people see Manos: The Hands of Fate, mm-hmm. uh, you should read All Star Batman and Robin because okay. it is so wonderfully terrible. Um, <laughs> he Batman at one point, in order because he decides he needs a Robin, just kidnaps Dick Grayson. Doesn't like offer him a place. Just kidnaps him and throws him in the car. And then when uh, Dick Grayson's like, who are you to tell me what to do? He's like, I'm the goddamn Batman. Damn. Oh, and then there's a this, there's this scene where he lights a bunch of dudes on fire. Yeah. And then bangs the canary, I think, what? while the guys are burning. Rock on. Because <laughs> he's, he's the goddamn wow. Batman. Yeah. Wow. Who it's has Batman insane. not had sex with? I feel like he's had sex with most. Well, every character. I, I feel like Batman's had sex with less people than Dick Grayson or Oliver Queen. DC's a college dorm. They've all had sex with each yeah, other. Yeah, this is all yeah. I think it would be... I mean, I actually don't really know all of the girlfriends that Batman has, but all, there's always been that little, like, joke about him and Robin. I think that would be more interesting that Batman finally comes out of the bat closet or bat cave or whatever he wants to call it now. It's like, <laughs> yes, it's, it's all a ruse entire time. There's a reason why I put him in those tights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's like, he's bi. He's just into right. all of it. It's just, you know. Yeah. There's, yeah. Um, that I would believe. There's a comic actually, there, Playboy I, I like actually that. like the I, I actually like the idea more that he just doesn't have sex. That he just hangs up, like, he just keeps the women around just as like the Bruce Wayne persona yeah. a part of it. And then he's actually just too self, he's just too self-involved in his mission to actually have any kind of intimate relationship with anyone, but I ruined the joke by getting too deep. I'm no, sorry. no, no, that's good, that's good. I, I actually, uh, I think, now that I think about it, as much as we joke about Batman sleeping around, there's only one confirmed instance of Batman sleeping with yeah. anyone that I can see, because you remember in comic books, which is Talia, because we have Damien, so that had kind of had to happen. No, <laughs> we don't even really know. with the canary. Right? Like, all of a sudden, was... Damien pops up on the scene, and supposedly he did the deed with Talia, but who really knows, really? You know? Well, I was think there a DNA test? I think Batman would, was there would a Murray yeah. being the world's greatest detective. I think he could figure out that he did not father a son with a woman he did not sleep with. He but might did he go on Murray. What? <laughs> but did he go on Murray? He now, been I wanna, now I want to make that yeah. sketch, Batman and Talia <laughs> Murray. You are not the father. Yes. You are also yes. Bruce Wayne. What? We actually what? tested the DNA against our database. Well, you could take it one further and be like, Talia is actually not Razo Ghoul's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd have to come up with like a third one just to round it out. I don't know. Uh, Razal Ghoul is not actually. Razal Ghoul is actually his own grandpa. There we go. Or, or Batman's parents really aren't dead. He was adopted. 
<laughs> Alfred is actually Batman's dad. He just he invented this whole fantasy so Bruce would uh, have a better have a more interesting life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. <laughs> All interesting scenarios. Okay, so f- who was everybody at Comic Con except for no. Mike? I'm sorry, no. Mike. No, Kyle uh, wasn't, wasn't at Comic Con. Kyle wasn't at Comic Con. Yeah, I live in Boston. Okay, That's still doesn't Comic-Con. excuse you people to come to Comic Con from Australia. To. So, what... They have money. There you go. That's the answer. (laughs) What's the thing that you heard about from Comic-Con that you were most like, oh, that's really cool, or, you know... And and don't say Star Wars, because we already said Star Wars. (laughs) I'm actually really excited about Suicide Squad. I know I'm like... there. Yeah, see? There's something about it that it, it screams... Could be interesting... I feel like uh, the. I think Will Smith is trying to get his career back on track because he's had a couple of hiccups. So I think he's taking a big risk here, and I, when an actor takes a big risk, it's good. And Tom Hardy, who's one of my favorite actors, is not in the movie. Super bummed that yo, he's, yeah, but he's like he's devastated by the fact that he couldn't be in the movie. Huh. Every interview he's done, he's like, I want to be in this movie so bad. I had to do to- I had to do press for Mad Max. <laughs> if I didn't have to do press for Mad Max, I would be in the movie. I want to be in this Whoa, movie. Whoa, Enchantress so is in that? Yeah, yeah she looks kind of like a swamp creature. What? Yeah, but I just heard Aquaman is also in Batman vs. Superman now. Yeah. Oh, dude, I am so excited as a lady yeah. for Aquaman. You have no wow. idea. Jason, Jason <laughs> Momoa? I, yes. I am so excited What's his name for, for similar reasons idea. for Aquaman. Yes, I think everyone who is a human being is probably excited for Aquaman no. for that reason. No. I'm, no. I'm curious to no. see uh, more. I'm more happy about <laughs> Wonder Woman and Aquaman than I am to see, to be honest, uh, Matt, or what's his name, Ben Affleck as Batman against the... Uh, I actually think Ben Affleck as Batman is going to be the saving grace of that movie. I don't mm. think there is going to be a saving grace of that movie. I have to agree with that. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, that trailer that re- they released from Comic-Con for Batman vs. Superman looked really good. But so did the trailers for Man of Steel. And fuck you, Man of Steel. That movie was oh, god-awful. God I didn't hate it. I don't know. Hey, I wrote an article about that movie. You can check it out at acegeeks.net. Cheap plug, cheap plug, cheap plug. I think Suicide Squad, it, the, the feel I got from the trailer was that it was... The actual movie, when we see it, is going to be a little bit more lighthearted than, and fun than the trailer. Like, the trailer felt like it was trying to hide it. But, like, if you actually watch the movie, it's going to be not quite as much of a downer as the the trailer made it out to be. Katana's in it, too. I don't know about that, because DC... Really? Yeah. DC's all about the grimdark. Yeah. Mm. The only thing that I just DC. hope doesn't happen is Zack Snyder uses the shaky cam camera throughout the entire film in IMAX Ugh. 3D, because that was <laughs> sickening. I mean, literally sickening, trying to watch yeah. Yeah, Man of Steel with, with that. Can I just get it? A- a decent Birds of Prey, like TV show, movie. I don't care. Just what you didn't like the the, the late nineties Birds of Prey TV show. I actually didn't think it was horrible, but I've only seen pilot. So <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it, but it's it's definitely a product of its time. I couldn't figure out why it was Neo Gotham. Like, that was my biggest thing. I'm like, why isn't it just Gotham? Why is it Neo Gotham? It's like I don't the X Men. Was there a catac- TV was show there that was X Men? Oh yeah, Mutant X. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. they were like, "Oh shoot, it's not cool." Because I think like Phantom came out and it didn't do so well. And then after that, they were just like, "Oh, we should just not." 
It's not well, no, that anymore. was even like um, there was something. Oh, I know why it was because that was actually a Marvel produced TV show back in the day. But Fox still owned the rights to the X Men, and um... so Fox was like, "You can't know," and they were like, "But we've already shit." <laughs> <laughs> One thing I saw um, was at the Toynami booth. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of Voltron, uh, the Lions. Yeah, Voltron. And uh, they had this sculpt of uh, of a redo of the Lions, like almost looking like something off a of Pacific Rim. Oh, I would sick. love to see a Pacific Rim style Voltron, like real, real action production. I, I, I would kill to see that movie. Honestly, I think Voltron will be next in line if uh, Power Rangers does well. I think I, I think so. because I think once Power if Power Rangers does a lot of money and I'm hope I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that it's a good movie we'll see, um, but uh, if they do a lot of money then we'll get uh, people will start mining for more similar shows. Can they do Voltron though if they do Power Rangers because they're so similar? They're they're different it's enough a very that you can make a, you can make a different thing with it. Yeah, I mean well, the, the giant combining robot is definitely similar in both movies, but. I mean, you've got that out back through the day, like even through Transformers, they all combined at one point to make something. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, that's true. There's some talk about Robotech coming back, which I didn't really. Yeah, hear I much heard about, about that. Um, That'd be neat. That'd be cool. That was a um, that was a rumor a while back, and then I think it was confirmed that they were moving ahead with it, but they never announced any like cast or crew or anything mm. like that. That's stuck in development hell right now. Yeah, that's why I just looked at on the yeah. IMDb. Buddy, mine just got the Battle of the Planets movie. Oh yeah, the uh, the Japanese one. The Japanese one. I still haven't seen that. I'm dying to see that one. They've I'm made a, a bunch huge of G-Force fan. They've made a bunch of really good um, uh, like live action adaptations of their old properties in Japan. Like the uh, the Rurouni Kenshin movies. If you guys have seen those, oh, are yeah. amazing. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're really good. Good, good um, choreo too. Yeah, and starring the guy from uh, Common Rider Deno, which makes me happy because mm-hmm. uh, he's a really good actor and he deserves to be in more than Common Rider. Although Sweet. that show was really good. Hey Flynn, you. <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I just Kamen want a really fake. awkward nope. live action of Evangelion. <laughs> oh God, Gundam, Gundam way. <laughs> it would be so like, like horribly dark. It would be fantastic, and it would probably it would probably never work. But it, I just in my mind's eye that would be amazing honestly at this point in my life Mm -hmm. i'm just happy we got pacific rim oh yeah that's like like it was pretty dope yeah and pacific rim 2 starts shooting in like a couple weeks yeah oh really awesome there's been a release date looking for that (laughs) what about i want to like pacific rim more than i do you know what about uh, jupiter ascending oh god that movie oh that was one of the worst movies i've ever Ever seen? It's, it's still on my list. But <laughs> it, I liked it. Oh god! It was like every trope of bad YA fan fiction combined with some really, really terrible. <laughs> I'm an alien uh, werewolf. Like, yeah. Just, did that come out this awesome. year? It did. Alien it came werewolf. out did? earlier this year. Like oh, this, this year's been Tim. fantastic for movies. There's still stinkers in there, though. Yeah. Well, it basically. I would say it was just like every other sci-fi kind of adventure, chosen one kind of thing. The bees, blah, blah, man. Blah. What's up with Coming the bees? Coming of age. What was up with the bees? I liked the bees. I thought the, the bees, bees were the bee, I actually thought that was a cool bit of world building. That was one of the but few that, things I liked in the movie. But that was only that one that. scene that's like, yes. you know, it was like, and the bees knew. And that was it. They never <laughs> built on it. She never could command <laughs> nope. the bees like Ant-Man later on or anything, which would have been hey, cool. Man. You know, she's... Jupiter Ascending too. Yeah, you know? the bees. No. Electric... <laughs> 
Bees. <laughs> why don't Why don't the Wachowskis just concentrate on making Sense Eight for the rest of their life? Because that was pretty good. <laughs> I've heard such good things about that. It I've, was really good. Like I've the, heard the, the first panel episode, was easy to get into, but like people are really excited about it. I, I don't Aren't know you? about um, the panel because I didn't see that, but I I went to the, I accidentally went to the world premiere. I don't know if I've told you guys the story, nice. um, but. Um, uh, the company I work for, um, I got a, there was a company wide email that was like, "Hey, who wants to go see a screening of Sense Eight tonight?" And I was like, "Oh, Wachowski's and J. Michael Strakinski. That sounds interesting." Um, and uh, when we got there, everyone was in suits and ties and dresses, and we're standing. Jaris and I are standing around in t-shirts and jeans. <laughs> and I look around and I'm like, "There's Saeed from Lost. There's Martha Jones. Oh my god. There's the Wachowskis." Where are we and what's going on? <laughs> That's so exciting. It was it was really cool, but it was funny because yeah, but the show is really good. We've talked about it a bunch in the show on the podcast before, but it's um, the first episode is pretty slow, but after that it really picks up really fast and you get to really like the characters, especially the uh, the story that takes place in Mexico. It's it's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. So, what was you guys' favorite yeah. panel at Comic Con? Well. Um, oh, uh, only saw I, one. Yeah, I actually really oh, liked only went it. To Star Wars panel? I, it was the uh, the the Hasbro Star Wars panel when they were releasing some of the new toys, and then they announced the results of the the fan poll for what the next six inch Black Series Star Wars figure was going to be. Which I don't know oh, if you're catching up on that, but it was a, a heated a heated poll that that actually. Um, was across multiple websites. It was on the Force.net and StarWars.com, and of course the fan favorite uh, was on there. Revan, Darth Revan. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. And coming up was pretty pretty close behind with Sabine Wren. And I remember. Oh nice. Yeah, I remember a lot of um, a lot of uh, the the Facebook Star Wars groups fan groups and stuff like that they were like throwing out like everyone vote for sabine or everyone vote for revan of course <laughs> i'm team revan all the way so when they announced the results that darth revan actually won i was like ecstatic i was quite ecstatic <laughs> i i will be super surprised if they don't put out a sabine figure too though just they, they announced that. it they too heated they announced it yeah too. i was gonna say right <laughs> afterwards and they said and you know what we're just gonna do sabine anyways um, which was awesome. Which was really awesome. That is smart marketing yeah. right there. The new Ahsoka sculpt was really good too. Oh, dude, I saw that at celebration. It's really yeah. awesome. Yeah, they had that, and then they had the new Kanan Jarrus uh, black line. They released the, the the sculpt for that. And I, I look terrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys know I the really... background, but Flynn, you go ahead and explain your relationship with Hasbro. Oh, what? oh with Hasbro. Oh, that's fun. Okay, so. Uh, so we run a lightsaber stage combat group, right, in, uh, in New York. And Hasbro contacted us like over a year ago to come up for their Inspiration Expo to train their toy makers on how to use a lightsaber. So we went up for one, uh, one Inspiration Expo, and uh, the, the, the key toy designer, Bill Rawling, pulled me aside. And he's like, dude, I got to let you know, are you psyched for the new Rebels TV series? I was like, well, yeah, it's Star Wars. Of course I'm psyched. He's like, okay, there's there's a character on there that I can't tell you about it, but you're gonna want to cosplay this dude. You're gonna want to cosplay this guy. So I was like, ah, okay, that's cool. So a couple months, uh, about a month goes by, a couple weeks, whatever, and I see the 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 picture of Kane and Jarrus come out, and I'm like, my jaw hits the floor. I'm like a dead ringer for this guy, and and when I shave right, and I let my 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 uh, 
my sideburns grow down. I have long hair, so it's always in, in like a ponytail. I and I, I'm a dead ringer for this guy. Uh, so then when I saw him at the uh, at the panel this year, you know, at the con, they were all joking. They were like, "Yeah, we don't see we could do. We use your face as kind of guideline for the sculpt, and you know, we hope you didn't mind. We took some pictures of you when you were here." I'm like, "Don't mess with me, guys. Come on." <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Uh, those guys are really fantastic. All the Hasbro guys, they, they love their jobs. You wouldn't believe I it. I can't imagine not loving your job when your job is right? to design awesome toys. Yeah. Oh, my God. When we were training these guys, we I actually got to meet the guy, Mark Boudreau, who who made, made and designed the original Millennium Falcon from Kenner, Slave One, the At-At, the ATSTs. Oh, my like God. All those awesome toys with the handles and they, they fit right and they were really fun to use. That was the guy, Mark Woodroyd, is still working for Hasbro to this day. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. How old is he? <laughs> Older than me. I <laughs> 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 well, He's got to be in his like, you know, late 60s. You know, yeah. I'm in my mid-40s, so it's like, you know, he must have been in his early 20s, mid-20s when he got that gig, and that's just being in the right place at the right time. Uh, and Kenner was out in Cleveland, Ohio, I think, and then they got bought by Hasbro in 92. So I think that's when he moved over. Everybody moved over to Rhode Island. Oh, okay. And that's where they are now. Hasbro Great in Rhode Island. There. Yeah, yep. that is such an un-Hasbro place. <laughs> you would I'm so think. Used, I'm so used to everything being in California. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there's a whole other coast. There's a whole other coast over here. Is there? I... Does anybody interesting live there? I mean, yeah, I was. <laughs> But I'm here now. I actually moved to California. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was living in Cal- uh, in uh, where Brooklyn for a while. Uh, Twenty three years in New York altogether, and I just decided to uh, give California a try. It's time to you know, do something new. Very cool. Well, welcome to the correct yeah. coast. The, Thank the you. West Coast <laughs> is the best coast. That's what I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's I- all. It's all left over to me. It's all uh, fine, except for Florida. I'm sorry if you're from Florida and you're listening to this, but I, I'm planning uh, a trip to Disney World within the next six months or so. And um, I was gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just make so I'm gonna make so many bad Florida jokes down there. Well, the thing is, friends, you may have Florida. never been to awful. Orlando. Uh, Orlando is a bastion of sanity inside the the hell mouth known as Florida. Like, Disney has erected their magical barriers of protection around no, Orlando. No, they're not like, that strong. They're not that strong. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say that, but you've never been to Orlando. Trust me. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. I lived there for a while, actually. Did you? I lived technically on Disney property, but I lived there. But, like, I feel like that's for another story. Um, uh, I I, we've got time. I'm interested in the story of when you lived on uh, Disney property. <laughs> yeah, I, I did the college program about almost 10 years ago. Oh. Um, which is why it's a joke that I should go back, you know, after 10 years. And I saw the things that were amazing 10 years before that, so now 20 years ago, um, just sort of in ruin. Uh, and it, they, uh. it's, it's, yeah... Uh, Epcot used to be so cool, and I don't think I can explain how cool it used to be. Uh, no, um, I'm with you. No, Epcot used there. to be tolerable. It well, used to be like an educational theme park, and now it's not because really? Florida. Oh yeah, my God. I went there when it was brand new. It was it was killer. It's, yeah, it Epcot. Was... Epcot. They've torn out everything that was cool Spaceship about Earth. Epcot. And I say um, this, given the opinion that Epcot was never cool. 
and mostly the most boring theme park of all time. It's my Back in the day, ever. it used to be a lot better than it is now. <laughs> it's my favorite Dude. theme park ever. Yeah. But MGM was right next door. How can no, that be No, MGM is ever? so bad. It's for two rides. You have two rides. You have Come like on. seven things there. You have two rides. You have the Indiana Jones Sun Show. You've got Star Star Tours. You've got a Tower of Terror. You've got Muppets. Uh, yeah. As, What's as, that? I mean, that's now. I mean, Wait, back in the day. That, no, no, that was the those 90s. Are all things that Disney owns. Yeah, well, now they own them all. They actually, funnily enough, they didn't. I think if, if Disney does a ride a, a ride based on your your IP, that means that in 20 years they're going to own you. <laughs> yeah, actually. that they, Or they're thinking of acquiring you. Yeah. God, how crazy must their conflict of interest contracts be? I mean, I know uh, several tech companies' contracts are pretty crazy because it's like, if we might have interest in this in the future, then if you work on this, it's a conflict of interest. Yeah. Um, so there's, I mean, and I don't know, maybe it's different, but... The funniest thing for me is that, so you guys know how in um, Universal Studios, their second theme park has a giant Marvel superheroes theme park. Mm-hmm. Um, Islands of Adventure, Islands of Adventure, which is amazing. It's really cool. But... Um, and they were smart Universal. getting the Marvel. Well, that's that's what I was saying about to yeah. say. Mar- Universal um, in like their Asian theme park and their um, California theme park, I think, only has the rights up until a certain date. But in Florida, they have the rights to Marvel superheroes in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Disney can never build theme park rides based on one of their biggest selling properties because Universal will always own those rights. Well, they can they <laughs> oh, can wow. build them. I think based on if if my understanding is right. And I mean, I could be wrong here, but uh, it's it's the comic book universe that Universal has the right to, versus the cinematic universe. Oh. Yeah, which is why Thor and Captain America have popped up at the park, and why they did like the big Guardians of the Galaxy dance party when that movie came out. Um, in in um, the Paris theme park, though, the Paris Disneyland, yeah, they actually have a Spider Man that you can go and meet. Oh yeah, there is a meet and greet Spider-Man because it's not the United States, so it's like there's yeah, some there's so many. Well, there's there must be a loophole too because they have Thor and Captain America meet and greets at um, Epcot, uh, right? And so I don't know how that's working. And did I... you know that there's there's a Black Widow face character as well? And I'm just like, why are I... you there right now, Megan? This... What are you doing? Here? <laughs> well, this is this is my problem with this. Okay, so there's a. There's a Black Widow face character that they bring out for the marathon, and there's a Thor, and there's a Captain America, and if they're thinking, oh, well, it would be too difficult to do security for Black Widow, I'm sorry, I've seen so many grown women be awkward in front of Thor and in front of Captain America, like, (laughs) I would worry for their safety, so if if all things are equal, (laughs) where's my Black Widow? Because I'm just saying. There's a bunch of characters that they only bring out at very, like, special times, um, like you can only catch Oswald the Lucky Rabbit once in a blue moon, and like I got um, a picture with him, yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a couple others like you know like Doug is out there every day, but like there's there was who was I seeing the other day? Forgotten friend days. They have them like twice a year. Yeah, and they bring out people who you never see, um, like Stitch. Is, yeah, and, yeah. Or like um, I think Flynn and Rapunzel are actually pretty common. Not you, Flynn. Character Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, I am pretty common. You go out all the time. Right? No, no, no. You're special. It's fine. <laughs> I was supposed to talk about my favorite panel at some point. Oh, yeah. What was your favorite panel? And why was it Rick and Morty? 
Uh, I'll just say really quickly, it actually wasn't Rick and Morty. It was one of the things that I saw waiting for Rick and Morty, and it sort of totally sidelined me. Um, like, I just was half listening, and then it popped up. And um, it was the Steven Universe panel. Which Steven is Universe is so good. A blanket panel. And um, I just had one of those moments where you're just sitting and watching someone... Um, I think it was it was Rebecca Sugar who's the, yeah, creator the creator of the show, and she's younger than me um, by like a few months. But like <laughs> she's this twenty eight year old woman who has her ukulele and she's sitting up there next to the other producers and she's very soft spoken and she's like I have a song I'd like to do for you and she goes and she plays the song and then there's harmonization I was like almost pulled to tears it's on Tumblr and you can watch it on YouTube and it's just it's amazing but that show pulls no punches and it's just like Steven Universe is a show that within three months is going to be one of the biggest cartoons like right now you're kind of like what's steven universe you're gonna it's gonna reach adventure time levels where you can't stop it has so the panel the the panel itself it was the adventure time slash steven universe panel and every single question save for one maybe i think every single one though was for steven universe there wasn't a single and pendleton ward sitting there like i don't know what's going on right now why am i here i'm famous i'm guys pay attention to me my show is weird (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, but but it's like Steven Universe gets the sort of like Felicia Day sort of like people who feel like they've been marginalized and people who feel like, you know, they don't have a voice. It's like, look, there's other people who are creatives who are doing these things um, and uh, we're giving you a voice. Yeah, and it's... It's, we've, it's a beautiful, beautiful show. Like, if you guys haven't watched it, it, it there's... Something like 70 episodes, but they're only 11 minutes long, because there's really only, like, in, in normal cartoon time, there's really only, like, half of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just this really fantastic show. It's it's still a kid's show, but it, te- it touches on all this stuff that you would just never expect to see. I haven't seen a show delve this deep into, like, really mature storylines. And I mean mature in the actual definition, not the usual, like, blood and gore and tits version. Um, <laughs> like, actual mature storylines since Avatar, really. Well, it's like um, Inside Out talks a lot about emotions in a yeah. way that, you know, it, and I think it's maybe strong in the same sort of way uh, <laughs> in that it, you know, addresses emotions you might feel in dealing with situations in a way that's, like, acceptable and being friends with, you know, someone who's different than you. I mean, yeah. but they're basically, there's um, a boy and he has a gem in his belly. Mm-hmm. And then there's these three women who watch over him. And uh, there's like some questionable, like, are they like sisters? Are they like dating? What is this? And sometimes they like meld together. They fuse, yes. They fuse, yes. Fusion. Yeah, it's, and fusion is a, there's a, a great storyline Um uh, without giving too much weight, it's a great episode where um, so the the three women who are watching over him. Um, uh, oh man, how do I explain this without giving too much away? There's an episode where they talk about um, two of the crystal gems, not the main characters, but being forced to fuse by the bad guys. And it's this really interesting allegory because all the gems are talking about, you know, like fusion is this beautiful thing and like they're taking their choice away and it's not right and like you're sitting there going. Oh, you're talking about something else, but you're <laughs> yeah. explaining it in a way that kids can understand. 
wow, that's really good, Rebecca Sugar. Well done. Wow. And they asked her, um, one of the uh, people that got in line to ask questions at the panel said, you know, how do you get away with the stuff that you get? I mean, it's just amazing what you can touch on. I mean, are people trying to stop you? Or is Cartoon Network just this amazing and letting you do this? And she said, well, you know, um, they've been very kind and freeing and you know, if they don't understand why I need something in a story, as long as I can explain why it's important, they say, okay. And uh, that was the moment when I, I, like, went through the East of Geeks and tweeted, like, this is a golden age for Cartoon Network. Seriously. Like, if you're not watching Cartoon Network, just watch a couple episodes of some stuff. Like, not the little kid stuff. Like, the stuff that's on. Don't like, watch Uncle Grandpa for the love yeah. of God. Oh, God. Uncle Grandpa. Yeah, that one's weird. Um, that one's, like, getting kids ready for Adult Swim and, like, yeah. yeah. But um it's like the the shows that they put on around six o'clock, it's just like it, it's good. Good yeah. wholesome it, family it's, television. It's and a really, really, really incredible show and you guys should all watch it. Um and yeah, I don't want to give anything more away than that. But it, I actually do want to give, say one more thing. The thing that I really love about it is that it's um so uh there's a lot of cartoons out there that are about the um you know, the sort of funny-looking little kid who screws up a lot. Steven is that kid, but every single one in his family is so understanding. Like, whenever he... It, it's they don't. It's not like a participation trophy thing, but it's always like a well, you tried, and you can see where you messed up, and we'll help you do it better next time. Rather than like, haha, look at this fat kid who fell down a flight of stairs. And it's something that I really haven't seen in kids programming before, and it's really, really cool. That's refreshing. Yeah. So mm. next, next favorite panel. Yeah. Anybody? Mm. Oh, there's Cal, some, what's your favorite panel? Uh, <laughs> there's something else that I can add <laughs> that came out of the Hasbro panel when talking oh, yeah. about the new Ahsoka figure is that she had those white lightsaber blades, which... Nice. Which, no, like, that's like a first, right? There's been no yeah. one in, in the entire Star Wars, like, animation or, you know, series that had this white lightsaber. You know, people talked about it in the EU, which is now, like, Legends and is no longer canon. Yeah. But now Ahsoka, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, sad. But now Ahsoka has these white lightsabers, and um, so Ashley... Well, one's white. Yeah, uh, Technically, one I is white. I thought they were both white. I'm pretty sure one's white because she... Uh, uh, well, I'll go into that later. Okay. Pretty sure it's just okay. one. Well, Ashley Eckstein was actually on the panel there, too, and so she was there talking about like her return as Ahsoka and how it you know, meant for her and everything else. And, and it got brought up like, well, what's up with the white lightsaber blades? And, and yeah. Dave Filoni actually told her is that the white lightsaber blade mean that she is neither now Jedi nor Sith. Ooh. That she's somewhere in between. And the white lightsaber symbolized that. Not that she's outside of... Yeah, this. Yeah, because she ended her ending in Clone Wars is that she left the Jedi Order and went to go find her own. Yeah, way. and that which I was always really hoping that her own way was finding um, Asajj Ventress and going on a space galaxy wide adventure, being bounty hunters and kicking ass together. That'd be but... so cool. <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah. Well, you've seen the new episode of the uh, second season for Rebels, have you not? Uh, the first no, episode? No, the... I like that show. I need to see more of that show. I, I saw the the, the siege of. Um, the Siege of Lothal. Yeah, yeah, which blew me away. Yeah, Ahsoka comes back. Yeah. She actually shows up, right? Well, she but shows then, up at the end of season one, actually. Right, but then but then you, you 
there's like this interaction where Vader shows up. Yeah. And all of a sudden she's like, whoa. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, snap. What's going to happen? Right. Do you when know? They yeah, it, it, they leave it unclear whether she knows who Vader is, which I think she does, but they don't want to, she doesn't want to play her hand just yet. Um, doesn't Vader have to? Doesn't Vader have to kill her at some point during that show, though? Does doesn't he? Vader, doesn't Vader have to kill all of them? Does he? I don't know. But because there, how like there are no Jedi left by the just time. Be, just because you don't see around. them in Episode Four doesn't mean they're not out there in the galaxy running around. There are no survive. Jedi left, yeah. according to Obi Wan Kenobi, who, as we know, is a well-documented liar through his teeth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. What you but said is true thing, from like, a certain even point Kane of view. Kanan Jarrus survived. Kanan <laughs> Jarrus. A lot, a lot of people speculate because he wasn't an official, officially knighted. He isn't really considered. A Jedi outright, even though he uh, is has yeah. Jedi skills, you know he's he's a bit of a. Yeah, well, he was part of the and order. Ahsoka again, technically not a Jedi. Exactly, so, so mm. it might be kind um, of on the outside there. So, what the interesting thing about Siege of Lothal for me was that they actually had James Earl Jones back voicing Vader. Yeah, and it sounded wrong to me. I'm so used to people well, doing he's... imitations of James Earl Jones that, like, when I actually got the real voice, I was like, "Who is this guy doing a terrible imitation of James Earl Jones?" IMDb. <laughs> it's James Earl Jones. Oh, no. <laughs> well, he is thirty years older. Now. It's true. Yeah, a little bit different. They all are. Yeah, it, it was really awesome to see in the panel. Also, afterwards, like the announcement, because we got to work with the people on the panel because we're at the same booth. I got to yeah. become such a fanboy about like, oh, you're doing the new Revan figure? You're doing the new Revan figure? There's a gentleman <laughs> there named Bill Raleigh um, who is the head, uh, you know, he's like the senior product designer over at Hasbro. Yeah. And he like would come up to us all the time and be just like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm so glad what you guys are doing and everything else. He was talking to us a lot. And I didn't realize who he was at the time until I saw him at the panel and then they introduced him as a senior product designer. And then talking to him afterwards and seeing that like not only is he a senior product designer, he single-handedly did all the Black Series. Like this was the Black Series guy. Yeah. And we were talking to him about like the new Revan figure and he was like, oh yeah, you know, I think tomorrow we're just going to start sketching it out. And so if you guys want to be there and be part of the process. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. He, he was picking uh, Alan's brain and like, oh, what do we think about doing this Revan? This Revan? You know, which one? And, and Alan was just puffing up. It's like, no, no, no. You don't, you don't want to do that one. You want to do this one. So one everybody loves, one everybody knows. Yeah. And they were really sitting there listening. Like like when they build these, uh, the new lightsabers that we were demoing, when I was there a year ago, they were asking us, how, you know, what would you like to see in a lightsaber and whatever? And wouldn't you know it, they actually worked some of those suggestions into the product. They really do listen. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, really, really good. And that's one of the things I love about Comic-Con is that it's, it is an opportunity to engage with the fandom on such a massive base that a lot of a lot of the smarter companies really take advantage of. Yeah, you can tell the companies that are there because they want to interact with and they want to hype up the fan base, and you can tell the companies that are there who are like, "This is a PR gig, right? Yeah, why aren't you all asking me softball questions?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it it was really cool. Like the VP of marketing of Hasbro was there. There was like all these people there. We were like, they weren't just like they're working. You know, they were all fans as well. And so to kind of like meet them at this sort of level, you know, where I can be a fan, we can kind of like geek out a little bit on stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, just like walking the floor, I ran into a lot of um, like interesting people like uh, Leland Chu. Um, 
Oh yeah. yeah. So he was there. Unbelievable. Yeah, he was he was an awesome guy. I mean, keeper of the holocron, just kind of like walking around the place, and I got to show him all the really funky stuff that's going on. Um, the same toy makers that were making the Star Wars Force Trainer. Oh uh, yeah. They have this new toy where it's a Yoda. Puppet. Oh my god, dude! It's this Yoda puppet. It's about it's about a foot and a half tall. And it's it's voice activated, and the Yoda is there to teach you the ways of the Force, right? What? Yeah. So check this out. It's it's really a good puppet too. So it's it's mouth moves and stuff like that. It's all rubber. You know, and what you do is you put different um, objects in his hand. So you could put a lightsaber in his hand. You could put his walking stick in his hand, or you can leave his hands empty. You know, go into different modes, and then you give yeah. him, give him the lightsaber. He'll see, like, oh, yes, now I'll teach you how to do the lightsaber. And I kid you not, he starts flipping out and, like, spinning around the place and waving his lightsaber. And they were doing <laughs> it on this really small table. So the entire time there was this, like, person there at the booth trying to, like, catch the Yoda as it's trying to fall <laughs> at the table. And if it doesn't catch, it's probably hitting someone, you know, with, like, flailing around. And I just, oh I just could God. only imagine, like, you know, some, some parent, like, buying this $150 toy you know, for some kid, and like, oh yeah, Dad, Yoda's going to teach me how to use a lightsaber. And I can only <laughs> see one of two things happening. One, the Yoda's, Yoda figure is either going to fall on the ground, and like all of a sudden, the, you know, it's going to be like a $150 sort of piece of trash, or the kid is going to learn how to wield the lightsaber from Yoda, and it's going to be like, hey, Dad, watch this, and just start flipping out with the lightsaber, spinning around and knocking all sorts of shit over, which, to me, is really exciting, so expect that this Christmas. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, though, I'm gonna any buy kid I'm totally gonna buy with, with a, <laughs> any kid with a lightsaber toy, a stick, or a broom handle oh, yeah. who's seen Star Wars is going to be flipping around breaking shit anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> without it, without yeah. doubt. But the coolest thing about that Yoda thing, though, is if, like when you put the lightsaber in his hand, and it actually, he says, uh, you know, activate, and he turns the lightsaber on. It actually turns on. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and it's completely removable from his hand. So it's almost like, you, how does it know to connect to the lightsaber to turn it on? And like, this, it's really well designed. Yeah. Okay. yeah. When you, that is really cool. When he goes into his wisdom mode, you can, you can just ask him very plainly, what is the force? You know, what are Jedi and stuff like that? And it's designed to respond. Like, he has, like, hundreds of commands that he can... He can uh, be issued. It's like Teddy Ruxpin. Exactly. <laughs> the new Teddy Ruxpin. Totally. So what you're saying yeah. is, I'm going to spend a lot of money on this Yes. Toy. Yes. Yes. Like. yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah. Was, and, uh, Welcome to Yoda Ruxpin. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to show Leland <laughs> it, and he was really excited, because he's been just like doing the, the panels and everything all day, and then I got to bring him around the Hasbro booth and show him around and show him the new build a lightsaber uh, kit, which we have some pretty funny stories about as well, if you'd like for us to share. This sure. Wait, is that like <laughs> the ones that they have at Disneyland where you, you just, you know, kind of... Not... Well, the Disneyland oh, one is, a, is a, a bunch of those packs ripped open, basically. Well, really? it's a little different. No, it, these aren't the same packs. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. It's, it's a little bit different. Now, the, light, the build your own lightsaber one that you guys are referring to are is a single lightsaber with different parts. You 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 slide over a base, right? Yeah. You have different handles, right. different emitters, that kind of thing. This is slightly different. Imagine a whole bunch of the the telescoping flashlight type that were handed out at the concert. Yeah. That every, we all know. You go to Toys R Us. That's the one you see. It fully mm -hmm. retracts in like a plastic telescope, right? 
Imagine that now with a socket on the bottom of it that can attach to multiple different handles and kind of stuff. Oh, right. I saw this at, uh, at Celebrations. Yeah. You can make, like, Tonfa lightsabers and, like... Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Trident, you know. And, like, there was this one thing that looked like a, a half a D-ring with, like... It looked like a knuckle duster for the Jedi, <laughs> yeah. you know. And you can... It, 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 go ahead. Tell some okay. of the stories, Alan. Yeah. They were so ridiculous. It was really funny. So, you know, our assignment was to demo these things, you know, as Jedi and stuff and say, say like, look how superior now you can build your lightsaber. And, you know, the obvious one is now you can have, like, little lightsaber guard. We said that all the lightsaber parts were lightsaber resistant, so, you know, you could use it yeah, as nice. catch. Yeah, we, we, we settled that argument really quickly. Um, <laughs> so anything that people have to say about The Force Awakens, it's a lightsaber resistant material, don't worry about it. So um, <laughs> we would do the demos with like, okay, yeah, here's how you would add a cross guard, and then you could add sabers onto your cross guard, and then you can like do it like this to make it look like a sigh, and you can like twist, and you can disarm people, and you know, we even, there is even a, a little T piece that you can make like basically a lightsaber throwing star. They have these little daggers now too. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. We, there was a bunch of different combinations. But so we got to demo all that, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but the crazy thing was, of course, was the kids, right? So I, I, I have to say, and it was it was reflected by a lot of people that our demonstration, which we did every day, was the most popular demonstration at the Hasbro booth. Um, we would just get yep. kids everywhere, and right behind them would be a bunch of parents, you know, <laughs> slowly with their heads in their hands, saying, "Oh my God, my wallet's yeah, pretty again. much, yeah. pretty much." But the so the funny thing was is that like okay, you know, we we would demo it, and we had this kid Noah um, from the For Force Storm Entertainment. He did this really awesome fan video called "The Betrayal." He can like do all these flips and stuff and aerial spins, and so we would just like give him random stuff, like, "All right, Noah, show him what you can do with this." new super cool lightsaber and he would start <laughs> flipping around and stuff and the kids were just going nuts right so what? yeah we got them all we got them all buzzing and everything and then we invite the kids up on stage and be like all right now you can build your own so we get three kids at a time they come up they build their own and then they would fight against one of us and the stuff the kids came up with was just ridiculous <laughs> We just ridiculous. Um, there was there was like you know little five year old kids coming up and they were seriously building lightsabers like three times taller than them, at least three times wider than, them, <laughs> and like trying to carry it down the stairs. And you know, and they're like, oh my god, the dunk, the dunk, the dunk, the dunk. Never heard lightsabers go like that. The dunk, the dunk, the dunk, that swinging. <laughs> yeah, trying to swing it around and hit us and stuff. It was amazing. Um, and then the kids, of course, you know, they were in costume as well. And one kid was dressed up as a little Darth Vader and I went up to him and was like, oh, look at you. You look like such a great Darth Vader. What's your name? And I, I swear to God, immediately, Without deadpan, <laughs> he said, Darth Vader. And I thought that, that was it. I was like, it's Darth Vader. And he had this like double-bladed Darth Vader saber and Actually, that kid was pretty good for five years old. I have to admit, like, <laughs> I did it with conviction, with force. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Did you see one of the first kids actually? Well, when they came down, they were dressed as a Jedi with a robe and everything on it. And right before he starts fighting me, he takes his robe off and he gets ready. <laughs> and I'm like, like, what? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember Dude, that. these kids—they're so into it. They're so. I love. Into that's it. why I love seeing the um, uh, Jedi Academy at Disney World every time I go there because there's always like the kids always get so into fighting Vader and Maul. Like you get like they just yeah. get this little intense look on their face. The fate of the galaxy is in their hands. Oh, totally. You know, totally. I, 
I, I, I want to just point out one little detail about Jedi Academy yeah. at Disney. Uh, the group that I started in New York City, we started in 2005 doing our lightsaber stage combat and stuff. Yeah. The very first video that we could ever find on YouTube coming out of Disney didn't emerge until 2006. Uh, so that's, that's you classic predate Disney. Disney. Yeah. Uh, that's I don't classic we, Disney. we predated Disney, so I, who knows? But I'm just, just putting that out. I'd just like to point out that uh, I am personally upset and offended that I can't get on stage and fight Darth Vader because I'm not. Right? I know, I, right? I, no adults can do that. <laughs> like, why can't we do that, too? Well, there's yeah. Star Wars Weekends, Mike. I mean. But you still can't do it. Even no. in Star Wars Weekends, you can't get up there. Too old you gotta to be a kid. Training. What, I, I will <laughs> have to have a child so I can live vicariously through them. Oh, man, I just had an awesome daydream. Like, you know how they have that Alice in Wonderland party, which I know you were a fan of the Tron party? Yeah, the Tron which... party was amazing. That's Star Wars. Awesome. What if it was Star Wars? Do a cantina party? That would be really yeah. cool. Well, I wouldn't make a cantina. I would make it, like, Darth Vader, like, spinning, though. <laughs> right? What about the, uh, what about the nightclub? So basically, club cosplay. Have you guys ever noticed that, like, it's really weird in, in A New Hope? Like, they're talking... Uh, Darth Vader and uh, uh, oh Target. my god, I'm gonna get hate for this. Um, the guy that's in charge of Darth Vader. Tarkin. Tarkin. Thank Tarkin. you. I said it three times. Pay attention to me, Megan. I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but Grandmaster Tarkin or whatever is Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff. That's it. <laughs> my little brother he would kill me right now. Um, but uh, he he's basically talking to Vader, and they're like, "Well, did you hear about the 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 fight that broke out? Yes, at the Moss Eisley Cantina. Like they just name drop it. Like, does everyone know about the Moss Eisley Cantina? Like, what scene is that? I don't I don't remember that it's, either. It's in. Uh, um, it's when they find the Millennium Falcon. Uh, it's like the, the fourth when act they trapped, when they trapped when they trapped the the Millennium Falcon into the Death Star. Yes. Uh, some guy over the radio. It's like the ship matches markings of the one that. Oh, oh wait, I know that flew out. They blasted, blasted its way out of Moss Eisley, not the cantina. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they just be... say Moss Eisley, but yeah. that's the name yeah. of the cantina, isn't it? No, no. Well, Moss Eisley is the name of the town. Oh, okay. Because it. All right, never mind. Yeah, sorry. The ship matches markings of one that blasted its way out of Moss Eisley. Because I was just watching them, like, D does everyone just, like, freaking know the cantina? Well, that makes more sense. Yeah, here's, yeah. yeah that's, oh, where, that's where all the Imperial guys go after work. It's never mind. Here's the cantina is Chow Moon's Cantina. That is the name of the most likely cantina. True story. I never realized until about a year ago that the bartender in the cantina was dubbed over, and that's why his voice sounds so weird. <laughs> if you watch the behind the scenes uh, clips of it, it's, it's a guy with a super thick British accent, and he actually sounds way cooler in his natural accent. Mm. We don't like. Why well, instead of uh, we don't serve their kind here? Yeah. Okay. He was just ah, too cool. Yeah. All right, well, folks, we're about at an hour and fifteen minutes, so I'm going to wrap us up. But thank you all very much for coming on the show. Uh, and it was an enjoyable discussion uh, And I will end this by The way we always do which is Hello and welcome to the Ace of Geeks podcast <laughs> It's weird saying that by myself uh, If you want to email us You can email us at aceofgeekspodcasting At gmail.com uh, we're on Facebook at the Ace of Geeks. We're on Twitter at Ace of Geeks. We're on Instagram at the Ace of Geeks. You search the Ace of Geeks on Google Plus and you'll find us. Uh, we're even on aceofgeeks.tumblr.com and our main website is aceofgeeks.net. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening and uh, we'll hope to see you soon. Bye. Bye.
We are fanboys, we are fangirls, we are heroes in our own world. Secret ninjas, masters of the blade. We are captains, we are rose keepers of the inside joke. When the credits roll, we'll be the ones who stay. Bred by separation, bound by commonality. Join together and create our own reality. Nerd on, my friends, nerd on. Keep it up and we can rule the world. Whatever you love, it's not wrong. There's power in your phantom. Keep strong, nerd on. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.